This is David Rhymes, and you're listening to Foot Notable, a podcast where we discover the truth is in the details. Yep. There we go. Nice. Once again, here we are. Mobile, baby. So we meet again. Yes. All right. We are back in a closet. But not just any closet. Yeah. We're in the same closet. We're going back to our roots of podcasting and closets. And closets. We got to the studio. We just, we love the idea of being in a closet. Sure. But this isn't the typical closet. We're not at our home. No. We are actually uh, at at the, at church, the house of the Lord. Yep, <laughs> we're in his closet, which used which to be is a so awesome. Which used to be a Sunday school room back in the day. Yeah, which apparently they had really tiny Sunday school rooms, you know, back in the day. But well, people were smaller back well, they then. Must have been. Yeah. And so now this is a closet because this is where everybody puts their junk. And dude, this child's it's, closet it's, has some junk. It's, in it's it. a really large storage closet that we turned into a temporary studio because yeah. Dave, good news. Yeah, we are actually moving to a larger studio. Mm-hmm. We started this, well, we started in a closet with at, aspirations at to yeah. be in a studio, COVID, blah, blah, blah. You know how that story goes. Mm-hmm. And then we got into our studio. And the more we thought about what we're doing with podcasts, videos, YouTube, things like that, the more we realized that the demands of schedules and just the whole shooting match of what yeah. it takes to, to do what we're trying to do was a little too much on that studio, mm-hmm. particularly trying to juggle schedules because that studio was high upon Mount balcony. Yes. Mount balcony. You had to have sanctuary. like a, you had yeah. to have like a Sherpa, whatever, take you up there. Uh-huh. Um, so it is in a sanctuary and our sanctuary does get used throughout the week for a variety of things. Mm-hmm. And we were just having schedule conflicts yeah. and all the stuff needed to happen in the sanctuary and in the studio. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, you know what? We can't move the sanctuary. Let's relocate. Let's relocate yeah, the studio. Yeah. And so we found space that is much bigger and can actually handle really what we are dreaming of Absolutely. when it comes to like our media ministry and the strategy. And so it's going to take, some serious TLC to get mm-hmm. it ready. Yeah. But it's going to be a space that we have easy access to, mm-hmm. that we can just come in, do what we have to do, whether it be recording this podcast or uh, videos for YouTube. Yep. Anything like that. Absolutely. It's going to so, be a fully functional, legit studio when it's done. Yep. And it's going to take a little while. It will. It yeah. will. We'll have to do some soundproofing and some organizing. And the, the long-term goal between Dave and I is to produce this podcast, um, but also produce it on YouTube as a video uh, right. kind of counterpart. That that may actually turn some people off. Yeah, to after watch you us, look at us. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm thinking about doing a podcast my own. Dave's thinking about doing one on his own, so we could have three podcasts coming from the studio, as well as some other video stuff that we may be producing in the right. future. So we have a plan, a, a somewhat of a plan going forward but we needed the space to do it so that's why it may sound a little different because this room is not as soundproofed as the one we were in before yeah we've done nothing we'll to change manage. this room but bring in a little table and set up the equipment yeah that's yeah. it so let's just for fun let's let's play a little high spy we're talking okay. about this room being full of junk okay so we have a box over yes my my left your right that is 
pack full of hats. Yes. Like a variety of hats. Wicker looking knit I'm pull plastic it over here. cloth hats that you would look in a, so, at a it did, some of these I don't even want to touch. Well, this is the stuff you find in the prop in the prop room yeah. at the in the back of the church that does dramas and whatnot. I'm not sure why these are in there. there um, there's also a pair oh, wow. of um, furry slippers. Sasquatch slippers. Sasquatch. That's up in here. Yeah. Um, there's a scarecrow in the corner. A weird there, looking is, scarecrow. there is a scarecrow in the corner. A chair and a lamp. There's a gigantic whiteboard right behind Dave here. Right. And for those of you that may be of an older generation, there's a chalkboard in here. There is a chalkboard. If there's any possibility it's a that... very it's, clean chalkboard. It's very clean. Like it's never been used. Um, if there's young people listening to this, a chalkboard is something that your parents and grandparents used when they were in school. And so you can tell how old this room is. We got, yeah. some, we got a table over here with some leftover coffee supplies when there was a class. Mainly meeting. tea, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we had some so, ladies' Bible studies that were using so the space before, and they've some got pictures their of flowers on the accoutrements. Wall. Yeah. So anyway, it's it's yeah. um, there's some stuff in here. Okay, it'll 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 do for today. It'll do for today. But it is by no means our our permanent home. We're gonna get a better space, and you guys right. are gonna love it. All because right. it's just gonna be awesome. All right, Dave. So let me ask you a question to get started ask on our topic question. today. When someone sneezes, what do you say? Well, traditionally, you would say, <laughs> God bless you. That's right. That's what, that's what we say. But, yeah. but Jerry Seinfeld asked the question, why do we even say that? Why do we even say, God bless you, when someone sneezes? What he does say, well, what he suggests we should say is what? You are so good looking. Yeah, that's a real compliment. You right? Know? He's like, why should we say, God bless you? We should give people a compliment when they sneeze. You are so good looking. That's etiquette, right? It's right. Jerry's um, New York 1990s etiquette would say, tell someone they're good looking whenever they sneeze. They would appreciate that more than God bless God you. God bless you. Yeah. So today um, we're talking about etiquette on the etiquette internet. Etiquette and protocol. Yes. Etiquette and protocol on the internet. Yeah. Particularly for those who are Christians and how we are to behave when we are Engaged online. Yeah, so if you're a Christian and you have Twitter, you should be listening to this. Yes. Do not tune out. Or Facebook or Instagram. Yeah, or Twitter YouTube. especially. Yes. So we, we've talked about this before um, when we discovered the internet. And you and I were both freshmen together at Louisiana College. Correct. In 1995. And I remember the chat rooms in the computer lab were opened oh, up. Oh, man, yeah. And you could go into these rooms and you could type a message into this this message board and someone from somewhere else in the world would respond. Yeah. And you could carry on a conversation with a random stranger. Yeah. Um, Some people took to that like ducks to water. Yeah, it was crazy. And I remember trying to go in one time and just like give this thing a spin and just sitting there staring. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even know what to even yeah, do or do? say. Hey, who are you? What is it your name? It's so yeah. weird. Yeah. And so in the early days, everybody was sort of discovering the internet. And so we were really kind to one another. Because you don't know who the other person is on the other side yeah, of the Yeah, for the computer. most part. You tried to be nice to them. Yeah. And then maybe once you got to know them, maybe things would change. Well, that was a long time ago. It's, uh, it's a little different now. And if you've ever engaged online, you know that sometimes, a lot of times, people don't behave kindly. But Christians especially can behave in some very unchristian ways mm -hmm. when engaging on, on chat rooms, uh, message boards, and all through social media. So what we want to talk about today, just a little bit, is to... Probably tell Christians listening what you already know and maybe have forgotten, or also give you some some ways to encourage others when you're engaged online. Because it, it seems to me, and if you're on Twitter or Facebook especially, those two platforms especially, it feels like a lot of people are just on there looking for a fight. 
looking for an engagement, yeah. a conflict of some sort. And, and I, I think it, 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 it tempts us too much to be, um, to, to be unchristian in some ways because our flesh kind of takes over. And so just as some encouragement for you, ask some, we're going to ask you some questions, think about these things and then some tips, maybe some ways that you can, you can do better on, on the internet. Uh, there are biblical principles that are for all of life, right? I mean, like the Bible gives us clear instruction on how we are to live our lives. And obviously when the Bible was written, it was written for, for personal interactions with other people, you know, person to person. Uh, but those rules also apply to our online engagements because you are engaging with another person. These are human beings that you're engaged with in conversation, discussion, disagreement, whatever it may be. And so the internet doesn't give you permission to have an alter ego when you're engaged online. Yeah. You, you, you can't be someone else. I mean, you can, I mean, like, we're not talking about like, you can be Batman no. on, <laughs> online. No. That's not what we're talking about. We're not alter ego. Right. You know, it's like nice church, you, Sunday morning, you versus cynical, rude, combative, right. you online. Yeah, it's like you, like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of right. thing where when you when I meet you in person, you're one, you're one way. And then when you're online, it seems like you're just frustrated with everyone looking for confrontation. And that's just not how we as Christians are to live. How you live your life person to person is how you live your life online. Right. Yeah, they should match. Right, exactly. If, 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 if I meet a person face to face who is very combative and confrontational, I would expect them to be that way online as well. But when I meet someone that's super nice and kind to me and acts in very Christian ways, when I'm face to face with them, I should expect them to act that way when they're engaged online as, as, as well. So let's walk through some of this stuff. Um, let's talk about, and we've kind of covered this in the past three weeks when we talked about digital and media yes, and just the, 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 the difficulty in navigating that as Christians sometimes. Yeah. Um, the reality is that online interaction does not and cannot really replace actual person to person conversation. Yeah, it is a valid form of interaction, it but it is something that is completely different than the way we are really wired to communicate and interact with one another. And because it is different, it has created really this phenomenon that we have right now where it sort of feeds division. Yes. Because of the way things, again, I'm not going to rehash like the past three episodes. Mm-hmm. You want to go back and listen to that. Right. You'll get a good context for this discussion. Yeah. But social media is designed in such a way that it sort of turns off some of our reason and some of our brain's ability Mm -hmm. to think things through and to really consider other people's opinion Mm -hmm. and actually consider other people just as people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When you, when you look at a person and you see their face, you, you can sense from them their, their, their state, their, their condition, their attitude, you know, especially, especially people that you know, well, you know, when they're upset, you know, when they're happy, you can see it, but even strangers, you can, you can kind of sense in a person when you're interacting with them, what's going on. And so if you're having a conversation with that person and you sense a rotten attitude or a confrontational attitude, you naturally will not want to engage with that. You kind of back off. You, you, you can't hear inflection when you're reading a word, right? I mean, we hear this all the time about, but like just text messages, mm-hmm. when you send a text message to another person and it's not exactly clear what you mean by it, 
that person's going to read into your words what they think you mean, and hence, it might be completely off. Hence the creation of emojis. Exactly. Exactly. So emojis came about in a way to communicate emotion because you can't always communicate. There's no emotion. tone of voice. Right. There's no body language in right. a text. Not at all. And so personal interactions with other people in proximity to one another makes those conversations more conducive to understanding. Whereas when you're just reading words on a screen, it's just difficult to understand what that person's really feeling and thinking. Um, we, we talked about this several weeks ago about not giving people the benefit of the doubt anymore. We just assume that if you, if you disagree or if you have a different opinion at all with me, well, you're my enemy now. And that's just such an extreme response to other people where there's no nuance in our conversations. Yeah, and that's really a shame when you talk about the Christian sphere on social media because what's really happened in a lot of cases is that people who are doctrinally, theologically, mm-hmm. very similar— uh, and really identical on the primary issues, exactly. but maybe have uh, some slight differences or disagreements on secondary tertiary issues, we begin to see that as a serious problem. Right. Whereas before we understood that what united us was the primary issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now we almost insist a lot that you have to agree with me point for point all the way down the list, even to the, the, the sub points. Yep. And if you can't do that, then we start throwing around the word heretic yeah. very loosely and liberally. Mm-hmm. That word used to mean something. Yeah. And it used to come through a, a lot of scrutiny yeah. that when someone said something that did disagree with the primary mm-hmm. doctrines of the Bible, even before there was any technology and these things were being played out in various councils in church history. Mm -hmm. The people that had these heresies, if they could be present were present to give defense on why they believed that. And there was this back and forth discussion Mm -hmm. and the church would land on biblical orthodoxy and then they would brand that alternate teaching as heresy. Like if you were called a heretic, you earned it. You did and earn you it. worked hard to earn that because yeah. it took a while to get to that point. Whereas mm-hmm. now you disagree with me about one little thing. And it's like, you're, you're a heretic. You're wrong. Right. You know? And so understand that when you're face to face with a person, having that same conversation about theology or about politics, which is difficult and it's muddy waters these days, when you're with them, you're much more likely to try to be understanding where they're coming from. Whereas behind a keyboard and a screen, it seems like we're more prone to yell at them or talk down to them or make them feel rotten about what they believe without really engaging in genuine conversation. So actual person-to-person conversation cannot be replaced by online interaction, but online interaction can be fruitful if it's done well. And so my encouragement to you would be don't, don't go into any online interactions, engagements in a defensive posture. Right. When you're defensive, you're immediately going to be protecting yourself mm-hmm. and your point of view. And so you're going to be looking to, to say what you have to say to, to protect yourself from right. getting hurt. And you may end up going on to the attack on another person. Absolutely. Look, just understand people disagree with you. Yes. And the Internet puts us in a lot closer proximity mm-hmm. online with people who disagree with us. I mean, look, we know that there are things that other folks are not going to see eye to eye. We, Absolutely. They, we, that's just kind of 
something that we understand. I mean, for crying out loud, people cheer for the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, my goodness. Right? So, we know that Not this weekend. Well, yeah. (laughs) Well, up to the last part of the the fourth quarter, yeah. Yeah, well, typical typical Dirty Birds. I'm not a Dallas fan, but I was thankful for the Cowboys this weekend. (laughs) I like seeing Atlanta lose. Oh, yeah. Everybody everybody darn here does. So, you know people disagree with you. You know. Right. At a fundamental level, there are people who disagree with you about a variety of things. Mm Mm-hmm. And on any, any, any given day, you are okay with that. Yeah. Like, I don't just lose my mind because so-and-so likes sushi. Yeah. I don't like sushi. Mm-hmm. So-and-so thinks it's the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fine. I don't like it. I think it belongs on the end of a fish hook. Personally, if you like sushi, fantastic. Enjoy. But I'm not going to go hang out and eat sushi with you. Right. Okay. But I'm not going to just go ballistic and think that you are somehow this subhuman who is, you know, basically trying to upend all of civilization right. because you <laughs> like, like sushi. sushi. How dare you? How yeah. dare you? Yeah, yeah. And so when we don't approach little things like that in our everyday life, mm-hmm. why do we get online and all of a sudden just tense up and get ready to pounce mm-hmm. because someone disagrees with us? You already know people disagree with you. Chill. Yes. Just chill. You should accept Accept that. It's expected. Yeah. Even among your friend groups online, the people that you follow on Twitter, the people that you're friends with on Facebook, even they at times will disagree with you. I mean, we see this a lot in, we're in Baton Rouge. This is LSU country. And every once in a while, you'll see a truck with a big Alabama A on the back window. They're lost. And it's like, you look at them and you go, all right, man, whatever. Yeah. But when you go online to chat boards, it's like you bleepity bleep this and you're this and your mama's that. And, you're that. and it's like you shrug it off when you see it in the street, the guy driving his truck. But when you see yeah. him online, he, you turn into a monster and you attack him mm-hmm. for being a fan of a different team. It just, yeah. it's, un, it's just unchristian to act that way. Right. And, and, and so what we do when we enter the online world, the sphere of the, of the, of, of the internet, Remember who you're representing. You're representing Jesus. Right. Right. That's like, like step one. That's, that's number one. You you're are, an ambassador of Christ. You're wearing his shirt. You're yeah. carrying his banner. If you are a follower, whether that's on your profile or not, mm-hmm. if you choose not to tell people that you're a Christian on your profile, whatever, you know you're a follower of Christ. And so you're carrying Christ into those conversations. Right. And so always remember this is who you're representing when you're online or in person with your family at the shopping mall or at the internet, mm-hmm. social media, whatever. So one of the questions you like, to, you should probably ask yourself is why am I online right now? Anyway, what am I engaging in right now? Yeah. We talked about the infinite scroll, right? The scroll, mm-hmm. scroll, Facebook, Instagram, especially are really popular. You just scroll through pictures, images, posts. You stop and read one every once in a while and you're just scrolling and scrolling. You're probably passing the time. You're probably bored. There's a number of reasons why. But you need to ask yourself, why am I engaging with this online? Why am I going online right now to find this information, to engage in this conversation? What is it that I'm doing right now on the internet? Did y'all hear that cart rolling down the hall? That was loud, man. That was loud. That's why I paused for a minute. Mr. Joseph rolling his cart. He doesn't know we're in here. He doesn't. Same it's problem, okay. Same problem as before. <laughs> All right. So, so why are you online? Why are you engaging in this conversation? Why are, what are your intentions when posting a message or engaging in a conversation on social media, especially, right? So you go to Facebook, 
a friend or someone that's not a friend posts something on the on the internet on Facebook, and now you feel like you have to say something about it. It's not wrong to do that. You certainly are free to do so. But what's your intentions in that, right? I don't know of anyone, and Dave, you know, I've talked about this a little bit before. Um, I don't know of anyone that's had their political opinions changed by an online conversation. I don't know of anyone who was one to Christ by an online conversation. I'm sure it's happened. I'm sure it's happened many times. I don't, I've never met anyone that's happened to before. Those online conversations are somewhat limited in what we can really accomplish through typing words on a keyboard on a screen. Yeah, you're talking about typical online interactions. Yes. The type of interactions that do lead to a change in thought typically are rooted in some establishment of a relationship yes. with that individual online. Yes. And they sort of walk down a pretty specific path mm -hmm. where those conversations happen back and forth and there is a mutual respect yes. and there's a, a true dialogue. Uh, they don't happen the way we typically see them where there is a post and then somebody just all of a sudden just da -da 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 attacks. React, yeah. Yeah, and then it's just like they yell, you yell, they yell, you yell. And everybody gets off the post mad. Mm -hmm. So can people have meaningful discussions that lead to a transformed mm -hmm. process of thinking and even heart? Absolutely. Yep. That does happen. And there are folks that do that very well. So we're really talking about just our everyday interactions. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You don't see anybody, you know, the whole the meme, you know, where such and such is like this, change my mind, yes. right? Yeah. And nobody's changing anybody's mind. That's just so silly. It's just an invitation yeah. for argument and pointless debate. Right. And some of it is done in, in jest. It's for sure. humor. You know, the debates about which restaurant's the best or which bond is the best bond, which actor play, you right. know, like, those, okay, that's, that, that's fine. But when we're talking about serious issues, particularly theological issues or even economic, political, child raising, that's a big one online. This can be heated and it just, we, Christians can be tempted to act like, like, like lost persons, like we don't know the Lord at all. And so going into your online world, understand that you're, you are witnessing to Christ's presence in your life in the same way as when you walk into a restaurant or a shopping mall or to the Thanksgiving table with all your crazy family members. Like, like you are representing Jesus. Don't ever lose sight of that. And hopefully what that does is it creates some guardrails for your behavior so you don't get yeah. off into the ditch of mudslinging with the rest of the world. Whatever words you write, whatever you type, can people see Christ in that in some way? Is there something in the words you're writing where people can see Jesus in how you're writing it? Yeah. So they can't read your inflection. They don't know your attitude. They Even if they give you the benefit of the doubt, what are you writing that's going to at, at least open up the conversation to more fruitful, healthy conversation, like you were mentioning earlier, or are you just posting something so they know how you feel about something and you just kind of drop, drop, drop the mic and walk out? Like, mm -hmm. this is what I think tough deal with it. Okay. You can do that, but what are you accomplishing really? Right. You know, I just feel like it, it doesn't feel like it accomplishes much. And I think less words is usually better in that context. Well, without a doubt and really taking re I think reclaiming, social media comments and redeeming them into conversations yes. is, is one of the things that we need to really spend some time mm -hmm. considering because commenting back and forth, this little ping pong match, mm -hmm. that's not a real conversation right. because it's very tit for tat. Mm -hmm. 
you know, somebody says something you disagree with, maybe what they said is very intentionally inflammatory. They're, man, they're poking something with a stick. Well, number one, you can choose not to jump into that right. because look, it's bait. All right. Yeah. It's a, it's a trap uh, as quoted by uh, a famous admiral. <laughs> so if you do engage rather than responding with some sort of knee jerk, uh, you know, retort mm -hmm. that is maybe just as sharp as the original comment, mm -hmm. you can actually try to engage the person and just see if they're willing to have a convert sure. an actual conversation. So rather than, well, here's my thought and let me tell you all the reasons why you're wrong. Right. You can respond. So that's a very interesting point. Mm -hmm. How did you come to that conclusion? Mm -hmm. Now, if they respond, well, duh, moron, it's because of this. Well, then look, right. you can just back out. Yeah. Once, you once, know? once name calling is thrown into the mix, it's right. shut it down. Yeah. If, they're gonna, if people are going to attack you as a person and not right. the idea, then this is not a conversation you even need to be involved mm -hmm. in. But if they're willing to actually start a dialogue with you, great. Mm -hmm. But rather than saying, I have to share my thoughts on this, right. probe them a little bit deeper. Sure. Show them you're willing to actually listen to what they have to say, even if you disagree. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if you feel like you have to comment, again, you're representing Christ. So the point then would be to lead them to think from a Christian perspective or as much as they can from a Christian perspective, because that's what you're sharing with them. You're showing, sharing with them your Christian point of view. And if they disagree with you, that's okay. Just do it in a way that's going to honor the Lord when you do it. All right. So, so the next thing would be in that, in that respect, share the word of God and don't be ashamed of that. Right. So we talked a little bit a couple of weeks ago about the misinformation and false information on the, through the, the, the news networks, those social media, internet, whatever. There are a lot of truths, and I use quotation marks, truths, that turn out just to be rumors. But because they fit our narrative, our point of view, we want to share them with everybody. Oh, yeah, we buy it, and okay. we're going to share it. And so so we read something that we, we see on Facebook, and we like, everybody I know needs to know about this. Thing. Mm -hmm. And they immediately post it onto their page. And now you have a storm of comments agreeing, yes, go, disagreeing, no, you're wrong, you're terrible. Did you confirm what you wrote, first of all? Yeah. Are you able to confirm this story, this piece of information? Or are you just repeating it because you there's our card again? Because your neighbor Mr. Joseph is hard at work. You leave him yes, alone. He is. <laughs> is your neighbor someone that you trust sent this? to you and now you feel like you need to post like you need to confirm some of these things and yeah. don't propagate rumors don't propagate gossip because it fits what you already believe right social media is not a valid source yeah. for information just because it showed up in your feed whatever platform you're on mm -hmm. doesn't mean it came from a trusted source mm -hmm. and i know fact check we talked about this fact checking takes time it does and we don't want to do it because right. the whole nature of social media is quick instant, response instant yes 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 so so if you don't, if you can't confirm it, then don't post it. It's better not to say anything, or at least play, I'm a, I'll I'll check into this. I'll need to confirm this, whatever, and then do your work. If you're not willing to do the work, then don't post anything about it. Don't repeat the gossip. Don't repeat the rumors unless they can be confirmed. That's actually scriptural. That's biblical. The Bible commands us not to be gossips. And how much of our social media interactions are basically just gossip sessions that we justify as, "Well, I'm telling the truth." Well, you don't know that. Confirm it. That's a favorite Christian response. Oh, I'm just, beautiful. I'm just telling the truth. Yeah, and and it may not be true. So how yeah. do you feel then if you go, if you spread this around the internet? It turns out a day, two, week later, you were wrong. 
Do you apologize for it? Do you go back on your page and go, y'all, look, I'm really sorry. I spread something that wasn't true. Of course not. You just pretend like it never happened. So it's, the situation is not rectified. And so the people that are reading your posts now and see that this isn't true don't trust you anymore. So you're ruining your own credibility by spreading things that aren't, aren't true. And so gossip and slander person to person is wrong, and we know that. But it's also wrong when you're engaged with people on the internet. These are still people right. that you're engaging with in conversation. Gossip and slander are not okay, ever. And the, the how's the best way to put it? The nature of the information you're responding to mm-hmm. never justifies your slander. Exactly. I, it doesn't matter how horrible their thought is about a certain subject, how unbiblical how really just downright disturbing and immoral mm-hmm. a stance that they take on something for you to jump in and to be cruel, but also to be slanderous mm-hmm. towards that person is, is sin. It's wrong. Yeah. It's just as wrong as their misguided thoughts on the subject yeah. you're trying to address. Yeah. So we don't, use sinful behavior to respond to sinful behavior. It's evil for evil. Yeah. Jesus says clearly we don't trade evil for evil, whether it's in person or, or online. And, and, and so consider that when you're engaging with people on the internet, that instead of making a defense, start with the word of God. And if people ask you where you get your information or where's your point of view coming from, tell them I get it from the Bible. And they, they might completely discount you and write you off. Oh, you believe the Bible. You don't have a valid thought. Okay, that's fine. Share with them the truth and leave it at that. It's okay. It's perfectly okay. And you can back out of that conversation because you didn't do anything to harm the relationship. You only you, you put into that relationship some biblical truth that hopefully that person will listen to, go revisit. The Holy Spirit may work in their heart to, to bring them over. But using slanderous words or harsh words with them is certainly not going to open doors to more conversation. It's only going to make it worse. Right. So there, there's a way to condemn sin on the internet, but to do it in a way that's biblical and not fleshly. And I think that's that's what we have to find the balance in our own yeah. lives. Yeah. Um, can you encourage another person? Most certainly. Yeah. I mean, can you lift them up instead of tearing them down? And I see so much of that. I mean, tearing down is just like the pastime on the on social media these days. Yeah. I'm going to get online for an hour, and I'm just going to tear everybody down. I can. If they disagree mm-hmm. with me, I'm coming after you. And you would be better invested by finding some friends that you know and love and trust and just encouraging them in the word of God. Yeah. Just say, hey, brother, I pray for you today. Here's a word from the Lord. And just and just do that instead. Can you, ima- can you imagine how much nicer oh, social media would be if just believers themselves Absolutely. would just do that. Just, just publicly send an encouragement to folks. Yep. I mean, I, I, my Twitter feed is filled with mostly, believe, I'd say 75% are Christians, pastors, teachers, people, whatever. And maybe 10% of them are posting scripture regularly yeah. and giving words of encouragement. They're still engaging in theological debates, which some, but sometimes it's fine. They're engaging in political debates. They're engaging in cultural debates. Like, Okay, some of those things are valid and they need to be said from time to time, but just give me a Bible verse. Just encourage me as a believer. That's mm-hmm. what's going to help me go on. Your your cultural perspective doesn't want me that doesn't help me to want to get out of bed in the morning and, and fight the good fight. But the Bible verse will, you know? That prayer will. 
And I think that if all Christians online acted like Christians in that way, it would be a much more pleasant place to visit. Without a doubt. Yeah. Especially Twitter. Twitter, Twitter is, is a cesspool, man. it is, it's, it's a Christian Twitter is just as bad and, and look, as I, secular Twitter. And I, I, I feel my flesh enjoying it. Like I go to it going, Ooh, look at this. Look what he said. Oh, you know, and I have to guard myself mm-hmm. going like, or what, what are you doing here? Why are you continuing to, th- I mean, you, you read the comment stream, the comments are the worst. Like right. someone posts something a little bit controversial and it turns into more than they ever meant it to be. And, it turns and into, sometimes they don't even post anything that is intended to be controversial. No, someone else turns it, they yeah. can't, they can't rightly express all the nuances of what they want to say in 140 characters. Exactly. Absolutely. And so of course something might be missing from that that if they were sitting in front of you, they would have expressed, but man, you just rip into them because it's not their heretic and Twitter blows up over it. Mm -hmm. And there's no coming back from that because typed words, just like spoken words, right? They stay out there. They're forever. Absolutely. They're forever in your mind. They're forever on your heart. You cannot take them back. Mm -hmm. You can say, I'm sorry, all you want to, but you've done the damage because you decided that you were not going to fill the the void yeah. with trust. Yep. You decided to mistrust, and you were right, and they were wrong, and you were going to just kind of go at them. Exactly. And and the, the the one of the differences though between speaking words and typing words is typed words can be found years later. Boom, I mean, how many times we have know we seen that. this? Like a Twitter post from ten years ago, right. gets pulled, dredged out of the depths. And go, this is what you said 10 years ago. What do you have to say for yourself now? And it's like, dude, 10 years ago, what was I even doing 10 years ago? Right. Like, like, this is, you know, whereas if you speak the words to a person, well, it just goes to them, you know? Yeah. And I thought about a, 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 an, an, an illustration. If, if you were walking down the sidewalk and you saw two people having an argument about something that you're somewhat interested in, would you go over there and engage with them in that argument or you just keep walking? Most of us would keep walking. Right? Because you're not weird. Yeah. It's like you're going to walk up to, to the to people and one person you agree with and one you disagree with and say, look here, you idiot. Let me fix your, your, your thinking on this matter. You wouldn't do that. No one does that. But when you're online, you feel like you can. You have permission because you have this boldness because you don't have to talk to the person face to face. So disagreements are going to happen. How you deal with those as a Christian says something about your faith in Jesus. So let's talk about kindness. Let's talk about kindness for sure. I think we all agree. Everyone listening to this and anyone that's not will probably say the world needs a little bit more kindness. Needs a lot more kindness. And Dave, of all the people in the world that should show kindness, who would you think the first people should be showing the most of it? Well, I would have <laughs> I to take a guess. Be. I say should be. That it should be the people that have the most to be kind about. Exactly. And that would be Christians. Amen. I mean, it's right there in the fruit of the spirit, right? Kindness is one of the things that- Yeah, it's on the list. It's on the list of things you should be showing in your life. So if we're to bear the fruit of the spirit in all of our human interactions, whether it's at home with our spouse, our children, our parents, our neighbors, it it should be the same case when we're engaged online. Kindness needs to be shown on purpose. It needs to be intentional- particularly in the words that we type and how we interact with people. Yeah. More kindness is going to make it a better place and it's going to make it conducive for better, deeper conversations. Yeah, and I've said before, I think I mentioned on the podcast, but I particularly say it with like our, our families, our young people, our youth, kindness and nice are not the same thing. Exactly. We're not asking Christians to just, just be nice. Mm-hmm. 
being nice is something we can just sort of put on. It, it's, it can be kind of a facade to be, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Anybody can muster up nice yep. when they need to. Kindness is, is really nice driven by conviction. Yes. And it's something that's always going to be there. And the reason why we are kind is because we have the conviction mm-hmm. that Jesus is so good. Yes. And that Jesus is very, very gracious, far more than we ever deserve. And that grace can extend to anybody. Absolutely. And so therefore, when we talk about being kind, it is completely driven by what we believe. Mm-hmm. So if we find ourselves struggling to be kind, it's not that we need to check how we are feeling in that moment. We need to really check what we believe. Absolutely. And do we yeah. really, truly, 100% believe without any shadow of a doubt mm-hmm. in who Jesus is, yep. what he has done for us, and that that person that we're engaging with is absolutely worthy, mm-hmm. just like we were worthy, to receive the same love, grace, compassion. Image bearers, yeah. Yeah, that, that Christ gave to us. Yeah. So you think about having disagreements. The greatest disagreement that's ever been known to man was the one between us and God, or God disagreeing with us about how we lived our lives as sinners. He settled that at the cross with kindness, yeah. right? He didn't smite us. He judged his son in our place and gave us righteousness, gave us life and righteousness. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And so we see that in God's character. Therefore, if God gives us his spirit, that spirit's going to then produce the same character in us, which part of that is kindness, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, the fruit of the spirit. We should be displaying that. We hear a lot of talk about love in, in our culture, and we should, the right kind of love. We don't hear a lot of talk about gentleness and kindness. There are people who may speak of it, but the source of that kindness is going to be varied sources, right? Christians have a specific example. We have a specific teacher of kindness right before our eyes, and it's Jesus. We have the word of God open to us. We see the the living Lord who is kind to us. And so we should be displaying that in our conversations with people in person and especially online. So here's the question. Would you treat a person face-to-face like you do some of the people online? If you're going to treat a person online differently than you would a person face-to-face, you're being inconsistent. If you're kind to a person face-to-face, but you're not kind to them online, then you're you're being unfaithful. Yeah. It should be every interaction should be displaying this abiding joy in the Lord which is, is reflected in the kind of kindness that you display to other people. It doesn't mean that you have to agree with every person just so you keep the peace. That's not necessarily what's, what's happening right. here. You can be kind in your disagreements. You can tell a person that, look, I love you, and I just feel like I need, to tell, I need to tell you this because I love you, and we can have more conversation about this. And maybe that opens the door to a deeper, fruitful conversation that may build that relationship like you mentioned earlier. And now you're getting somewhere with someone, you know? I think kindness is, a, is, is the kind of the key that unlocks these deeper relationships with, with other people. Um, and if people don't sense that you are you care at all about them personally, then engaging with them in any deeper way is going to be impossible. Yeah, that's so key because we do live right now in a society where people do feel disconnected. Like we're so connected mm-hmm. online, but we are so disconnected in actual relationships. You know, we've talked before about how loneliness is just 
at a at an epidemic level especially right, right now. now. Yeah, especially right now. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, COVID makes it just yeah. exponentially it's worse. The second pandemic is yeah. is, is, is is alone is loneliness is isolation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so when we talk about the disconnect in relationships, that really impacts people at such a deep level. And for someone to know that you actually care about me as a person, mm-hmm. that's huge. Yeah. They may get online, they may mouth off, and they may just expect everybody that's going to engage with me is really just as disconnected and uncaring as I am. And they're used to that. And somewhere out of the blue, someone actually gives value and worth yep. to that loud mouth. Mm-hmm. And it maybe puts something in their mind that, hey, wait a minute, mm-hmm. maybe not everybody is the same. Maybe there are people out out there that actually would engage with me for who I actually am and maybe even love me for who I am. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of what we see online, I think, is a direct result from the disconnect. Mm -hmm. And so we need to learn how to reconnect. And kindness is a big part of that because kindness values other people. Yep. I totally agree. Um, so let's close with a couple of biblical encouragements. Do you have one of these these texts pulled up? Do you have those we see on the list? I tell you what, I'll get the second one. I'll get Colossians, the first one. Okay, I'll, I'll get James three. So there's some there's some clear teaching in the Bible all throughout the scriptures about how we are to speak to other people. Now, obviously, in the context in which the Bible was written, you know, computers weren't weren't part of the culture, but the truth applies in every context and every situation. If you're speaking words, if you're communicating ideas, information, then the way in which you do that as a follower of Christ matters. And so there's a number of places of instruction in the Bible about how we are to speak. Now, some of you may be familiar with the passage in James. It talks about the tongue being a fire. James chapter 3, verse 6, the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. That is one of the most damning verses in the Bible for those Christians who don't act like it when they're online. No human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father on Sunday, for instance. And then on Sunday evening, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. Yeah. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. And so we've heard Jesus say, out of, the, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. What you say, whether it's with your mouth or with your fingers on a, on a keyboard, is going to say something about what's in your heart. And so if your tongue, when speaking words, is a restless evil that must be bridled by the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, then that same application applies to your words you type online. Be careful about what you say to other people display Christ, show kindness, speak the truth in love, and let that be enough. 
Um, if we're not careful, we're going to display a different kind of Christian faith that I think the world doesn't need to see. They need to see one that's true, rooted in the scriptures. Without a doubt. Yeah, I love, you know, that that passage from James because it is, number one, it's just incredibly powerful it is. To, to listen to him articulate those those truths about the tongue. Mm-hmm. And you, know, you talk about a hot take. I mean, James yeah, just, Jesus drops it right there. It's brutal, man. Yeah. It is brutal. Set and, on by the fire of hell. I mean, yeah. just goodness. Yeah. But it's true. It There's is. so much wisdom in what he is yeah, saying. And look, we've, we've all experienced it. People have spoken to us in ways at times, yeah. and we went, whoa, that was bad, you yeah. know? But you've probably done the same thing. Right. Like, you know, you said things to other people. You thought, well, that was set on by the fire of hell. Like, you know that came from a bad place. Yeah, it wasn't you. No, no. And it's like, yeah. when you go online, it feels like, Sometimes you have permission to do that with everyone. Yeah. And you're just looking for someone to set on fire. And that's just not Christ-like at all, at all. It's not helping anybody. All right, so you, you got another, another text for us? Yeah, Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. It says, Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Mm. You know, the thing that I love about this verse is that whole seasons with salt. Mm-hmm. Like your words are supposed to taste good. Yes. Right. We put salt on our food so it will taste good. This is nothing about the preserving qualities of salt mm-hmm. as Jesus uses that uh, in some of his teachings. Yeah. This really is all about that flavor. Like what mm-hmm. you say ought to be very pleasing to the other person. I don't mean... You're just nodding your head and going along with whatever they're saying so that they're happy. Right. But when you disagree, when you give responses, those words ought to taste good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, re- I remember as a teenager going to Glorieta, New Mexico, and we were told by some of the adults in our group, bring some Tonys with you, some Tony Sashries, because the food there is very bland. So we rolled up to Glorieta. We're at camp in New Mexico, and we go to the cafeteria to eat, and we're like, this is terrible. This food has no flavor because we're from South Louisiana, right? Like, right. We, like we season everything. Maybe I don't know. How, I don't know how the rest of the world eats. Honestly, I, I don't. They it's crazy. they apparently consume stuff to stay alive, but it's so yeah. I, I, that that the, the way the world speaks is like that bland food. Christians should be speaking with some seasoning. You know, you yeah. can put that in here. You know, not like not like hot sauce, man. No, no, it's but like good. Yummy, yes. delicious seasoning. Yeah. So you should add flavor, yeah. good flavor to the conversations you're engaging in. And I love the fact that he says, let your speech always be gracious. Yeah. You don't have permission not ever to be gracious. Like there's not a point where, well, this person dis- disagreed with me on this thing. I'm going to let them have it now. Yeah. No, show grace, be gracious. You know, if Jesus were sitting next to you, what would you be typing? Would you be typing differently? You know, I think this is really important for us to remember and there are so many Christians. There's still millions and millions of Christians in our country. There are millions of Christians that are engaging online. If we all took this upon ourselves to act in these ways, I think it would be a better place. We could counteract all the toxicity and the poison and negativity online with some Christian influence. It doesn't mean, again, it doesn't mean that we can't engage in disagreements. We have to do that to speak the truth sometimes. But the way in which we do that can be supported with some kindness and some Christ-likeness. I think that's the goal. Yeah, I think if we ever got to a point where we were really doing this, you would find yourself on social media Mm -hmm. typing comments in a toxic environment and without dropping any Bible verses or mention of Jesus, somebody would go, 
you must be one of those Christians. Yeah, exactly. Because they recognize mm-hmm. this unique mm-hmm. approach to engaging people online, and it only comes from Christians. Yeah, absolutely. So, because we're the only ones that have the spirit, we yeah. we know this is what we should be doing. Yeah, and and so you always appreciate that peacemaker. Like I, I mentioned, the Thanksgiving dinner table with the family. Sometimes those can get heated discussions. Crazy uncle, crazy cousin, whatever. There's always a peacemaker in the group. It's like, hey, hey, let's just enjoy the meal. Let's just chill out and enjoy our time here together. We need more of those people online. Yeah. To just kind of settle down some of these, in, in reality, unnecessary di- 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 disagreements. And even among the valid disagreements, bring in some words of wisdom and kindness to those conversations. I think that's what we should be doing as Christians. So that's an encouragement to you. You know, take these passages in James chapter 3, uh, Colossians chapter 4. I would encourage you, when you get online today, just one social media post. Just make it a Bible verse and just drop it at that. Just leave it. So whoever reads it can be encouraged in the Word of God. Your Christian friends will appreciate it. Your unbelieving friends might read it and go, what does that mean? And they might send you a message. What in the world does this mean? Now you have an open door to discuss the Word of God with them. So be encouraged today. This is not a lost cause. It's not a hopeless endeavor for us. We can do this, but we have to be motivated by our love for Christ and the Holy Spirit. All right, Oren, we got another episode in the can. 28? The number 28? I think it's number 28, yeah. yeah baby. If, we're, if we're counting correctly. We are rolling. We are rolling. I love it. So do hang with us as we make some transitions with our new studio space. Um, probably won't be the last time Mr. Joseph rolls his cart past <laughs> as we record, but it's all good. The man is working hard, and we appreciate it. So keep tuning in. Next week, we are going to talk about the state of theology mm. here in America. We're going to do some major disagreements. I'm telling you right now, but it's going to come out. It is going to be <laughs> brutal. Now we're going to take a look at some hard stats, the latest data that yeah. has come out from a survey talking what Americans believe, believe and really what they don't believe. Yeah. And so it's not just unbelievers we're going to look at. We're going to look at how people are believing even in the church. Mm-hmm. So you'll definitely want to tune in for that. So there we go. Amen. Like, subscribe, Comment. five stars, reviews. Five, we five love stars. those. And for all of you who have uh, Amazon the little speakers, yeah, the little dots, Alexa, echoes, the, uh, Alexa, Alexa dot, stuff, yeah. we are now on Amazon Music. Yeah, baby. So you Damn. should be able, if you have the, the right version of an echo, you ought to be able to just say to that, hey, Alexa, play the latest episode of Footnotable. Yeah. And it'll do it. Tell, tell your friends. They can find us there. Yep. So we can we can get. Yep. They just launched their podcast service this week, and nice. we were in the first batch nice. of podcasts. First run, baby. That's right. With the billions of other podcasts. Out there. That's exactly right. Yeah, you got to spread the word now. Yep, you do. All right. All, All right. right. So we'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you all. Week.